0: Welcome, everybody, to part one of the Yankee Chronicles collection uh, playlist. And I'm here today with somebody who is very infamous on Twitter for his hat of the day.
1: I'm here with Spencer. Spencer, how are you doing today? Good morning, Bob. I'm doing very well. Thank you very much. Um, As you said, uh, my my name is uh, Spencer. Um, Twitter handle is at MusicianDMD, M-U-Z-I-X-N-D-M-D. And uh, the founder of the, uh, the New York Yankee Cap of the Day, the hashtag Yankee Cap of the Day. <laughs> yeah, and,
0: you know, one of the things that uh, I was interested in is what started the hat
1: collection? Uh, the hat collection is definitely something that evolved. Um, it, it all really starts with just an inherent love of caps. Since I was a kid, I've, I've always loved hats. And I've always had... You know, for as long as I can remember, a Yankee cap that I, I'd like to put on when I was a, a youngster. I, I like to wear the, the helmets, you know, the plastic helmets. Yeah. Um, but I, I would say that where the collection really started taking off, um, definitely go back to 1996. That's when I got my first Yankee fitted cap. You know, okay. for as long as I can remember, I, I, you know, you could always get a snapback. You could always get a replica. But you could never find the cap that the players wore on the field, so I was in a, a sports authority, and I found that it was the only cap there, and it was in one of those, you know, uh, uh, metal bins uh, on on clearance, if you can believe that. And it was a, a size too small, but I found it. I said, you know, I'm, I'm going to take this cap, and I just I loved it, and I started wearing it. And I think what really helped propagate it was when the Yankees were in the 1996 World Series. That was the year after they started putting the side patches on so when i saw that the side patch cap was available i thought wow i, I i've got to go and i gotta get that and then uh, you know little by little it just started off with you know a couple dozen caps a couple dozen caps eventually became a hundred caps the the big thing for me was discovering online shopping <laughs> <which> <laughs> my wife had you know she she had been into it i i had never done that stuff before but one day the, the curiosity bug got into me and I'm looking at places where I can do online shopping and then it just popped into my head, Hey, I wonder if Lids, you know, has an online shopping site. And that's where I get the majority of my caps from. Okay. And I went in there and and I saw, you know, all the different varieties of caps. And I just it was like a, a Eureka moment. It was like when John met Paul, you know, here come the <laughs> Beatles kind of moment for me. It really, it really was. And I was just floored by the number of caps that they had. Um, one thing that lids did feature was a nice clearance section. So a cap that normally would go for thirty-four ninety-nine, if it was around and unsold for long enough. Eventually, they'd get it down for $10. And, you know, I'm thinking, boy, you know, if you can get a, a $34 hat for $10, go and get it. You know, don't stop that. Yeah. Then, then you know, the, the batting practice caps uh, came out around 2015. And I like the, uh, the, the Midnight Navy with the, with the, white, uh, with the white rim. I, I loved it. And it just, it just got to the point where I just kept buying them and buying them. And the, the, the collection accumulated. But I, I would definitely, if you're looking for a real starting point, it was definitely in uh, 2015. And it, it really started, like, accumulating in the winter of 2016, as far as I can remember. Now, you obviously, if you're able to post
0: a different hat every day, you've got an immense collection. You
1: know, yeah,
0: it's amazing how you've managed to show social media a different hat every day. And sure. I think it's what one thing that a lot of us on Twitter, we look forward to seeing. All right, what's he going to put out today? You know, <laughs> um, is there one in particular that you, you hold above the others
1: as your favorite. As a matter of fact, there is. And I'll post it for you after we do our uh, program today. It's okay. called the uh, the g Woolly. It features a wool gray uh, visor. It features a midnight blue cap. And it features a complimentary gray logo. I okay. always cite that as my favorite cap in the collection. Um, it's one of the earliest caps that I bought. It was really one of the first fashion caps that I bought. Okay. A lot of Yankee fans will tell you, you know, they can't wear a cap other than, you know, the traditional on field. And I totally get that. And I used to be in that cap. I used to be in that camp. But when I saw this cap, you know, something in me said, I've, I've got to have that cap. It, it's. I know it goes against my my fiber of, of what I wear as a Yankee fan, but I've just got to get that cap. And so I think in part because it's one of my oldest caps, it holds up very nicely. It's okay. very durable. That's one of the uh, that's one of the um, the reasons why. And I'll I'll post it for you after we have our Zoom conversation today. Oh, that's awesome! I'll look forward to that. Now, one of the other
0: things that you do for for head of the day is you shout out a lot of people. How did it come to making sure that you tag as many people as possible? and really get the word spread and get, you know, you've really built yourself with a, a, an amazing following. Like I said,
1: how did that part of the hat of the day come in? Uh, my, my objective originally with showing my hat of the day was really because I go on Twitter, you know, to find people that I have common interests with. Mm-hmm. Um, even beyond Yankee fans, I'm a musician. So I look for people who like rock music, a Brooklyn Nets fan. So I look for Nets fans. Um, So, you know, I I found Yankee Twitter uh, because I wanted to, you know, join with uh, Yankee fans. And I'm interested in seeing what other Yankee fans do to show, you know, what what kind of fan they are. Like, for instance, I really love that Yankee flag that you have in the back of you. That's the kind of thing I'm trying to get from people. You know, you've got a Yankee flag. Maybe somebody else wears a Yankee T-shirt. Maybe somebody else wears a, a pullover that they like to have every day. Maybe there's somebody who doesn't have a million hats, but they've got one hat, and they've always got to wear that one hat. So I was really just trying to, uh, you know, show my enthusiasm and maybe to inspire other people to show what it is that they like to do. What's really happened is that people, which has taken me very much by surprise, and I'm very appreciative of it, but people really like the cap of the day. And because I have so many hats, it's so easy for me to show a different cap pretty much every day, and the way that I systemize and take my caps out as well, I, I tell you about, I, I have enough Yankee caps to last me for the next 30 years. That is no joke. I, I'm probably, there's a, there's a good chance that I will, I will outlive my caps, unless I live to be you know, 90 <laughs> or 100. I, I'm not kidding, that's very serious. But that's, the, the tagging was really just because I was really just trying to fuel yankee talk and yankee fan talk it wasn't because i wanted to exclude or exclusively have people look at my things it was because i didn't really trust twitter enough to just make a post myself and then think everybody was going to look at it i figured let me tag some people um you know maybe they'll be into it anybody who doesn't want to be tagged they'll just say hey don't 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 include me with your with your tagging um but that was really what the whole tagging was about now it's gotten to the point where a lot of people, I, I have so many people, it's really hard to tag everyone on a daily yeah. basis. I, I really am sincere when I send out the Yankee cap of the day and I only have uh, four tweets associated with it and I say, I, I apologize if you weren't tagged today. There's some people who are really, really loyal uh, and really enthusiastic to me about it. When I, when I don't tag them, they will write to me and they will let me know. Yeah, and, what happened? And, <laughs> yeah, exactly. But when I, when I do the tagging today, it's really just because I'm trying to get the word out. Um, anybody is invited. I never want the tagging to seem like it's exclusive. It's only for, that, for, those, for those eyes. It's for everybody. Correct. Exactly. Uh, and, and again, I'm still trying to like get people to show whatever it is, whether it's a hat or a shirt or a pair of shoes, or maybe you collect autographs. Um, that 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 is really what I'm trying to do. I want to see what Yankee fans do, to uh, to show what kind of fan they are. So me as a fan, it's the hat thing, you know. I, I love the hats. Yeah. See for me,
0: and I'll I'll send pictures. I'll, I'll I kind of start posting them on Twitter because I don't have a lot just yet, um, but I have a lot of different types of collections and memorabilia. Yeah. And stuff. You know, I have the, you know I'm doing this for my Yankee room in my home. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I got to start putting pictures up because I like the things where somebody will be like, I've never seen that before. Yeah. Yeah. You know, to start to spark conversation with fans. Yeah. Thank you fans, but baseball fans. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's a great community that you've built, you know, and personally I appreciate how you really just bring conversation together and, and bring people together that may not have interacted before.
1: Oh, you know, thank you, Bob. Uh, and I think that's, um, that's wonderful. So. I appreciate that. That's, I, I'm really just trying to be positive. You know, there's a lot of, a lot of not so positive stuff on uh, Yankee Twitter. Yeah. And I, I like to be an all-inclusive fan. Like, it, even though it's Yankee hat of the day, there are some Met fans that I tag. Yeah. There are some Astros fans. When it comes to caps, I leave my team loyalties at the door. Yeah. So, brace yourself. There are a couple of Red Sox fans you Know that I will include, yeah, you know, in, in the tagging that that that's a whole hat thing. I love, well, my, I love my team, but but that's what it is. That well, that seems to be the whole point of
0: this is it, it's this to build a you know, a, 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 a friendship community, yeah, where you, you know, somebody you know that might be a Red Sox fan or or a Tigers fan, you know, wherever yeah. and be like, oh, well, you know, oh, that's a cool hat, look at this one I found, you know, yeah. and really build that you know that community and that you know yeah stations because memorabilia collectibles it's something that we really try to emphasize of what we have sure it's just something that you've gotten that ball going and, you know, you, you are the, you know, the, the godfather of
1: the <laughs> collectibles, you know? <laughs> I appreciate that, Bob. That's very, very kind of you.
0: <laughs> um, all right. While I have you, before I let you go, I do have to ask what you think of how the off season has gone to this point.
1: Uh, you know, I'm, I'm it like everybody, like everybody else, um, I gotta say, um, I try, I try not to get too involved with offseason stuff, just because there's so much out there, there's so much conjecture. You know, I'm aware of. You know, the biggest issue right now for the Yankees is to sign uh, DJ LeMahieu, uh, and I understand that. I get that. I sure hope that we. I sure hope we get them. But one thing you know that I've learned um, is that. There's just a lot that I don't know as a fan. I'm not the kind of fan that will say, well, the Yankees should just give him another uh, a year. The Yankees should give him $25 million. Because I do like to think like the, the general manager and the agents. And I like to imagine if I was in that you know, negotiating room, and what are the real stipulations going on as to the, um, as to the negotiations? There really is a lot that we, that we don't know. And I certainly understand the way fans feel. They want to get things done. Um, you know, they want to have the, the, the players that they really care about. And DJ LeMahieu, he's definitely, he's definitely one of those guys. Um, but I think also baseball, uh, baseball can break your heart. And yeah. if you get a little too emotional, or if you at least don't brace yourself, you know, for the bad news, uh, it, it can really, it can really sting. So I guess you know what I'm saying is that I've, I've kind of objectified, you know, the way that I look at baseball. <laughs> Uh, in, in, in recent years, I try, I try, there is a, like a little kid in me, you know, that loves, you know, the Yankees and wants to have everything, you know, that you could get as a Yankee fan, Yeah. but the adult in me says, you know, they may not be able to sign him or they may say, you know, Brett Gardner, you may have to play for another team. You may have to, you may have to accept that he's playing in a, in, in a different uniform, uh, next season. Um, beyond the, the DJ LeMayhew, uh, I think, you know, um not signing Paxtonbat was uh was good. Uh you know, he, he was very serviceable those uh couple of years he played for us, but the injuries really took their toll. He he was an okay pitcher. I never really thought that it was a an a, a dynamite signing. Good signing. Good signing, but not a dynamite signing.
0: Yeah, it, Tanaka
1: yeah. I'm sorry, you, you were
0: going to say. With Paxton, at the time, it was a, a, a pitcher that we needed. You know, the, the you know lefty pitcher. It was great. You know, and... But with the injuries, it, it's too much of a risk to... Because I always, you know... One of the, one of our other shows, I made the statement. I'm like, if they brought him back on a one-year prove-it deal for like $10 million, it's not going to hurt. Yeah. You know, but with the the financial losses uh, throughout all of the baseball teams. You now you might not see some of those prove deals where you would prefer it to be. Right. Uh, you know, like Gardner. I don't think Gardner is going to be back in New York. I really,
1: yeah.
0: I think that that door is kind of closed because they'll have a younger player in Frasier that they don't have to pay too much money to. Yeah. You know, And there are other players coming through the pipeline, you know, and Jason Dominguez, yeah, you know, you you, you want to see where you know where everything is at,
1: yeah. Well, I think the post, I think the the off season is going to be very slow moving. Yeah. You know, Speaking with- of the off season, um, one thing that I do is I, I went out and I bought a lot of you know books to read, Yankee books. That's how okay. I that's how I spend my off season time. I recently finished uh, Inside the Empire by uh, Bob Clapish and, uh, and and a fellow author, uh, very good book, and. It talked a lot about the 2018 season, but it really gave you some insight as to the way the Yankees operate. One thing that you'll hear me say, and one thing that I also observe, is there, there's a contingency of Yankee fans out there who miss the George Steinbrenner way. Yeah. They miss George Steinbrenner going out and just sending a pile of money and getting any, any uh, player that he wanted. From what I've read in this book, that's really not the way that Hal Steinbrenner works. It's not even the way that Brian Cashman wants to operate. What I've, you know, said in in as gentle a manner as possible to my fellow Yankee fans, since 2010, these are the new New York Yankees. Yeah. The days of George Steinbrenner, they are now long gone. And George Steinbrenner, I think fans appreciate, you know, his desire to win and how he really want. It was really important to him, as opposed to an owner. And I can say this speaking as a Brooklyn Nets fan, because I've seen this before the current ownership came, uh, came here. Uh, I've seen you have ownership where they just take a team and they just like the, the love of having a team, but they really don't invest in it. Like when the Nets were owned by Bruce Ratner, the Brooklyn Nets, they were just a piece to help him build his real estate empire in Brooklyn. It certainly helped the Brooklyn Nets get to where they want to be today, but it really stunk when you had a 12 and 70 Brooklyn Nets team. And it looked like ownership didn't want to do anything for them. So George Steinbrenner uh, it, it was an owner that really wanted to win. And, he, you know, that was really fed to the Yankees. The problem is that George Steinbrenner was never going to win forever. And the game was never going to be the same as it was in the time that he owned the team as well. You have the luxury tax now. You have drug testing. And these were things that were all cited in inside the empire okay. as things that might have, you know, impacted – George's thinking you know today I don't know if a lot of Yankee fans are aware of it but they owe us uh, 75 million dollars a year in a mortgage payment to pay for Yankee sorry about that I'm there was a, to, <laughs> it was a phone call I had to it there was phone call I had to turn that off um, but the Yankees owe 75 million dollars a year to pay for for Yankee Stadium so while Perhaps, you know, that is a manageable amount for them, even in the COVID nineteen season where there is no attendance. Seventy-five million dollars a year. Gotta come from somewhere. That is a lot. Okay. You gotta be doing some you gotta be doing some good business to be able to, you know, scratch and get that nut taken care of. You know, that's before you can put any money into the team.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we've gotten to that misconception that because they're the, the brand of the Yankees that there's just an endless supply of money, you know, and it's not reality, you know, when you, you know, like you said, when you take a step back and you take your, you know, your, your, your fandom aside, right. It is a business, you know, and we've gotten so spoiled with the Steinbrenner and, and Gene Mike, you know, stick Michael days that we haven't allowed ourselves to adapt to. Yeah like you said, the new New York Yankees. Right. Yeah. You know, and I think another part of what's throwing the fans crazy, other teams are not just willy nilly letting their talent go.
1: Yeah.
0: They're locking them up long term. So the market is not you know, the free agent and the trade market is not as strong with talent as it used to be.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, you're not gonna see, you know, Washington so Washington goes on, you know, on a four-year slide. Yeah, they're not just going to get rid of Juan Soto.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: he's already going to be locked up, so he's ready for the rebuild. You know, so you know, you have Trout locked up. You know, yeah. stuck out in the West Coast. Yeah, you, you know, a lot of these players, you don't see the market move like it used to.
1: you know, you know, you know one other thing is Bob that that I think has really impacted Yankee fans um, when the Yankees won the World Series three years in a row. 98, 99, 2000. Those were great times. Those were also times when you had a lot of Yankee fans coming out of the woodwork and saying, you know, you win the world series or the season is a failure. That's very, very easy to do when you are in fact winning Winning. the world series. (laughs) The reality is that what the Yankees did, that is very, very rare to do in any sport. You know, it it just does not happen. I don't think the Yankees' inability to win the World Series with the new team is because of any shortcomings in the team. I think it's just that in in those years from 96 to, uh, to 2001, they just had the right set of players at the right time, and they were playing against the right teams at the right time also. I mean, the ball just bounced away. If you remember the uh, – if you remember the two thousand one uh, ALDS against Oakland, they were down zero to two, and they barely, they barely got by the skin of their teeth in that one nothing win in the famous Derek Jeter yep. flip play. Okay. you know, so I mean, you know, a bounce of the ball here, the umpire called Jeremy Giambi safe at that at that time, could have been a different story. Okay. Uh the two thousand Yankees, you know, they were terrible in that September of two thousand. I think they were like four. In 17, they did not look like a World Series championship team. But the, the ball, you know, things just came together for that team. And they were able to uh, meet the Mets and, and defeat the Mets in the in the World Series. So there is sort of, you know, not just an, a random act of, um, n- not just a randomness, as Bob Costas might describe. But there's, there's something like, you know, with the baseball gods, you know, that are just, you know, smiling on the Yankees. Maybe the baseball gods aren't smiling on the Yankees as much, but I think this team is talented enough to have won those World Series. I just don't think we've really gotten the bounce of the ball. And it's harder to win a World Series now. Now you have multiple, multiple uh, steps uh, to get into the playoffs, and it's very, very difficult to uh, to do that. Uh, let's take a look at the 2018 uh, ALDS. The Yankees were down 2-1 to one against Boston, ninth inning, they have the bases loaded. Nobody out. Craig Kimbrell, he just doesn't have it. Giancarlo Stanton strikes out, one away. Um, what was the final out in that play? Uh, Glaber Torres had a, a, a replay ground out, you know, to end the game yeah. and to end the series. A step here, a, a, a second a, a second there could have been a different story. So it's not like the Yankees – had this um, you know where we're underplayed or outmatched by by Boston, I, I do think Boston was the better team, but I thought the Yankees were very capable of winning that world series they they just They just didn't get the bounce of the ball that season
0: well that's what it is you know you could have all the you know all the talent on the field if it's not if it doesn't click you know it's hard to get through those hurdles yeah, you know like you know we, we, we sided with the the dynasty in the late nineties yeah just they, they were so in tune with each other yeah they were all selfless it wasn't about yeah. that. you know they weren't playing for a contract or the, the back page they were just they were playing together <laughs> so I think that's what this group needs to do to get past the barrier I, I think also
1: to that to expand on that a little because um, I've said this before too. Um, and this, this was this again was in the book. Forgive me if I'm oversighting uh, oh, the, right. the book that I just read, but um, you know the Yankees in the 1990s were very corporate. You know, you had to dress a certain way coming to the uh, yeah. to the ballpark. You had to act a certain way in the clubhouse. That really ran its course at the end of the 2007 season. And a lot of fans, I don't know if they realize it, but when when the Yankees signed uh, Nick Swisher and CC Sabathia. They didn't just bring them in for their skills. Brian Cashman brought those guys in because they needed to change the clubhouse. And the clubhouse was really just too stiff. So I think what, what it is the Yankee fans are trying to do is we're really trying to figure out, we're still trying to figure out what is this team? Are they a fun bunch? Are they a rowdy bunch? Yeah. You know, are they a, a party bunch like the Bronx Zoo, you know, of the, of the 70s? Who are who are these Yankees? And I think they're trying to find themselves also. Yeah, I remember the first time um, I saw AJ Burnett
0: run with the you know with the the pie in the face you know, yeah. <laughs> to the win, and I'm going I'm like what are you I'm like this isn't you know the backyard I'm like this is Yankee Stadium not it all maybe you know this isn't what you like what are you doing you're a child yeah but it is a kid's game. Yeah, and I really grew to enjoy seeing that. Yeah. You know, and when Swisher had the, the pie in the face start, you know, talking and, uh, after a game. Yeah. He, that just even excited him even more,
1: you know, when he got yeah. all ramped up. I'm like, all
0: right, you know what? This is fun
1: again. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I, I loved – I thought Derek Jeter and Jorge Posada and Andy Pettit, I thought they were all – I thought they were all great players. Um. But I'm also a big believer that you should let baseball players be baseball players. And part of that is, you know, if they don't like a call by the home plate umpire, they should be allowed to argue it. Like we've seen Brett Gardner do. If they don't like a play by a call on the, uh, you know, on the field, they should, especially if it's a big spot in the game, they should get mad as heck. If there is a brawl, you know, they should go out and they should, you know, support their team. Or if, if there's a pitcher and you know they deliberately throw at you. Now, I don't advocate fighting. I don't advocate brawls. But yeah, I, understand, I... I understand, you know, these so-called unspoken rules. You didn't really see that a lot, you know, with I'm, – I'm, uh, I'm, <laughs> you didn't really see that a lot with Derek Jeter. And I know to, like, you know, criticize Derek Jeter and Jorge Posada and Andy Pettit and, 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 and all those guys and Mariano Rivera, that's, that's not what I'm doing. But I, I like that you've seen, you know, Aaron Judge, for instance. I like, you know, when, when uh, Kelly, you know, threw at uh, Tyler Austin. Yes. And he went out there and he, he, he got Kelly in a headlock. I don't advocate that they fought. But I like that he didn't, like, stay on the sideline, you know, vis-a-vis in a 1999 brawl involving Joel Girardi. That was where we infamously saw Derek Jeter and, and Alex Rodriguez, you know, sort of chatting it up in the middle of the field. And then after the players went back into their dugout, that's where Chad Curtis got in Derek Jeter's, you know, face, you know, for, you know, being talky-talky on the field, if you, if you remember that. Fans of a certain age do remember that. Yeah, no, it's small memory. Let, let but the ball players – let them be baseball players. And if yeah. fighting is part of the game, okay. If shouting at umpires and getting kicked out of the game is part of the game, let, let, it, let that be. Yeah. You know, let, let, let the
0: kids play like they say. Uh, all right well that's gonna wrap this up for now special really i
1: hope we do this some more i'm telling you i could talk all day man
0: no we, we'll <laughs> definitely we'll have to get you on our, our uh weekly show uh
1: the guys would really enjoy chatting with you i appreciate that man that'd be great uh, bob i uh, just want to say also um uh, yeah. i just want to say publicly i do want to thank you and all the uh fans uh who helped me with the recent uh lids ultimate hat collection uh, contest um, yeah, I, I, I was very I was really very moved by that when I received the letter and they said, you're you're going to be a contestant this year. It, it all happened because of you and because of everybody else who just, you know, clicked on Instagram and, and looked at my caps. Um, it, it really wasn't so much the contest itself. It really was that you and everybody showed enthusiasm for me and got behind me. I, I, I kid you not, I, I wept it out in my garage, you know, when, when I got that letter. I didn't really mind that I didn't win the contest because whatever the result was, I, I firmly believe, and I'll stand by this and I'll say this now, I had you and the best followers. You guys were the great. I would rather lose a hundred times with you than win one time with any other set of people. So I want to thank you and I want to thank everyone now oh, thank for, you. for the help. That's kind. got... Follow him on,
0: uh, follow Spencer on Twitter, follow the hat of the day. It's, it's just, it's so much fun. It really is. And from everybody at Yankee Chronicles, I'm Bobby Ryan. I want to thank everybody and we'll talk to you next time. Have a good night.
1: Take it easy. Bye-bye.